0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8:20, 9:45 and 11:10. You can learn more about First Prez at www.first-prez.org. Prodigal means wastefully extravagant. Jesus told a story of a father and two sons. The prodigal son wastes his fortune, then returns home to beg his father to let him be a servant. He thinks his mistakes are too big to be forgiven. But the father now becomes the prodigal, wasteful in his love, extravagant in his grace, lavish with forgiveness. Counting no costs, the father runs to embrace his son and celebrate the return. The older brother is jealous. But this does not stop the loving father. This is the God Jesus wants you to know, the God of extravagant love, overflowing forgiveness, the God of unrestrained grace. Good morning. Today we begin the story of the prodigal, the story of the lost son in Luke 15. Today we talk about rebellion, as Kathy said. Now when you hear that word, what comes to mind, rebellion, How many of you would say you were the rebellious rebellious child in your family? Oh, a couple of you. Maybe when you hear it, you just think about a season. Maybe when you were a teenager, about things that you did to kind of push against the rules of your family. Maybe some of you are still in that rebellious phase. I don't know. But rebellion. There are many of us... um, of a certain generation, that when we hear that word, we only think of one thing, the rebellion. (laughs) And we would do anything to become a part of that rebellion. Perhaps in this last year, you watched the TV series, Rebellion, which was about the birth of modern Ireland. Or maybe you just think of something in history, um, a time in a nation's history when rebellion took place. To rebel, it means to reject, resist, or rise in opposition. You know, as we look at, at scripture, um, whether we think about you know, our own lives, or we think about um, the grand events of history, scripture teaches us that human beings naturally resist, rebel, or reject God. That's kind of our natural state. And so, whether we're looking at the Garden of Eden, um, the story of Israel as they push against the Lord. Paul talks about his own struggle um, in the leading of the Spirit. We think about our own lives. But left to ourselves, we naturally turn and walk or run away from the Lord. So today we open our Bibles to Luke 15 and we begin the story of a father and his two sons. Luke 15, we'll begin with, chap- with verse 11 and go through verse 16. Listen So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Lord, as we listen and receive your word today, might it go deeply in our hearts, plant itself there, and bear fruit in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word. We're open to it this morning, speak to us, in Jesus' name, amen. So our parable this morning begins as a continuation. You notice that, right? Jesus continued. This parable is connected to the previous two parables that we talked about last week. And as we think about those parables and get into this one, we realize there's a pattern emerging and a context in which to understand the parables that Jesus is telling and the one He's about to tell. In each parable, we learn, kind of leading up to this, that there is something that is lost. And then there's an all-out search to find whatever it is that's lost. There is a finding, and then there is joy and celebration over what was lost because it's now found. And so we expect the same pattern to be at work here in this story. But as we begin to get into this parable of the lost son, we realize that this story is going to go into more detail. This will be a longer story, and perhaps the most important of the three. Today, as we follow the parable pattern, our text calls us to linger in the lost part of the pattern. And we won't go beyond that part today. Now, in the previous two parables, you remember the parable of the lost sheep and the lost son. We don't know how the coin or how the sheep gets lost. And to be honest, how the sheep and the coin get lost is really not that interesting to us. Things get lost. We know this. But in the third parable, the story of the lost son, the story expands, and we're given more. The man doesn't simply misplace his son like a lost coin. And the son doesn't just happen to wander off from the father like a sheep who doesn't know better. In this story, the son intentionally leaves his father and his home. This is a parable about walking away from God, intentionally, hurtfully, and for the purpose of getting lost. This is the story of our rebellion. Jesus takes a lot of time to tell how the son gets lost. Beginning with this simple and curious question about dividing an inheritance, the listener is drawn in gradually to the awareness of the enormity of the crime. With each step away from the father, we're drawn in deeper to this dramatic story of getting lost. So the first feeling that we come across in the story as it opens is perhaps simply one of curiosity. Well, I wonder what happened here. We know there are two sons. We assume we'll get to the story of each son, but the younger one's story comes first. The story opens with him asking for part of the inheritance. We don't know why, We don't know what's prompted him to ask for this. We aren't given the backstory about this family. We simply come in as Jesus continues. And as we read, we we hear the question or the command, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so the father does that. He divides the property between them. It's highly unusual for a son to ask for an inheritance while the father is still alive. It was unusual then, it would probably be unusual now. An inheritance is passed on after a father's death. You you know this. Normally, in that time, a double portion would be given to the older son, but the younger son would receive something. So the scenario, right away, is striking. But it's not completely unheard of. There are a few noted situations by commentators that could cause this particular narrative to take place. Perhaps an impending marriage, for the younger son, or a younger son moving away to find better prospects for his life. But as the story goes on, the listener quickly dismisses any grace for the younger son. There's nothing noble or excusable about the request. Henry Nouwen remarks, this request from this son means that the son wishes the father was dead already. And it becomes clear that the son is indeed lost to the father. But as it does that, the story gets worse. It gets confused. For as we listen to the story, it's not just the son who is lost, but there's a lost inheritance as well. It would be quite a big deal for an inheritance or a portion of the inheritance to be lost. What the father owns, his, his, his resources, his inheritance, holds the, together the very fabric of the family. It's not meant to be divided before his death. It will be used to care for him in his old age, and it will be passed on generation by generation to secure the families of the coming generations. So we've heard about a lost coin, which is precious, of course, to the owner, a lost sheep, of course, very important to a shepherd, but a lost inheritance would be quite significant for a father and a family. But as we read, it's not just that the money is gone, we realize it's how it gets lost that is deeply troubling. The son takes what the father gives him, we're told, and squanders it in despicable living, in wild living, we read. Other translations read reckless living or riotous living. In Steve Prince's um, linoleum piece out in the narthex exit wounds, he describes this about his, his work, that gaping wounds are often bored through many people's spirits by depression, reckless living, idolatry, poverty, isolation, and godlessness. This image captures the departure of the son from his home. You'll want to spend some time looking closely at this piece. It's in, the, it's in a collection of three exit wounds. Now we could imagine any number of things making up reckless living, what that looks like, what the choices the son is making. But the word itself translates dissolute living, from the Latin to loosen or dissolve. Whatever the son has done, he has loosened the inheritance from his father and then from his own hands. The money given to him by his father has dissolved. It is gone. The inheritance is lost. In word form, this word is connected to Proverbs 28, 7. A discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. The son has disgraced his father. He has squandered the inheritance, thrown it away for his own pleasure. He has acted disgracefully. If the story follows the two stories before it, a search will begin. The father will do everything within his power to recover what is lost, but what will the father Go after the lost inheritance or the lost son? Luke will tell us later in his gospel that the Pharisees were lovers of money. As they listen to this parable, perhaps there's a moment of deliberation. What will the father seek that has been lost? The son is a disgrace, he has disowned his father, he's rejected his home. Of course, who wouldn't go after a lost son? But a son who is lost like this? What will the father do? And that's where our passage ends this morning. So I guess a cliffhanger. But you know the story. You know that the inheritance is never mentioned in this story. The father loves the son. It's the son that he cares about. Our small part of the story today simply invites us to sit with the younger son in his journey away, in his travels away from the father, to reflect on his rebellion. Is there anything familiar about this story in your life, in my life? The son travels a long distance to get away. We're invited to ponder that distance for we too are prone to wander, prone to leave the God that we love. We don't know why the son leaves. The part remains a mystery, Jesus doesn't tell us why, but the journey the son takes begins to tell us something about the son. The son wanted distance between him and his father. He wanted a different life, or at least he thought he did and the father allows him to pursue the things that he thinks that he wants. We read that the son traveled to a distant country. He went far away from his family. We're told that he spent everything he had. How long does the wealth last? We don't know. A few days, a month, a few years. There's no timeline here, but he spent it all. And at that point nature kicks in and there's a famine we read in the land. And with nothing left, he begins to realize his need, and he becomes desperate. He hires himself to a citizen of that distant land, perhaps indicating that he's now at the mercy of a foreigner, someone who wouldn't share his culture, wouldn't share his faith, wouldn't really know who he is. And then there's the pigs. This was my kid's favorite painting from the collection by Joel Tanis. Um, it's, it's too small to read the writing. You can, you can see it when you go up, but this is what the, the painting says, written in a child's handwriting. The prodigal son spent all his allowance on goofing around and partying and stuff till he was broke. Then he ended up in a pigsty trying to eat pig food. He should have left the party sooner. We're told that the son doesn't have anything to eat. He's hungry. He can't find anything to fill his belly and nobody notices him and nobody gives him anything. He's the furthest away from the father that he can be short of his own death. Henry Nouwen writes about our daily preoccupation with wanting or needing love from the world. Over and over, we reject the unconditional love that God gives us to pursue the conditional love of the world. The son discovers that the things he wants, the things he pursues, the things that he thinks he needs keep running out. They can't deliver on the promises that they have made to him. The further the son travels down the path away from the father, the more he discovers that his life becomes increasingly thin, his emptiness more severe. The point of desperation is not far off. Jesus' third parable, his third story on lostness is at every level about relationship and the breaking of the most important relationship a son has, a relationship with his father. Sin going our own way, pursuing our own wants and desires and needs breaks relationship. What the youngest son chooses to do with his inheritance and his life is destructive for sure, but what's at the heart of the story is the son's distance from his father. We are relational beings at our core. We are not built for distance. We are designed for closeness with God. We're made to dwell in his unconditional love. Peter tells us in his letter that we are made to participate in the divine nature, not flee from it. We're not made to be alone or living in a far-off country, we're made to be alive. And that life flows from our connectedness to God. When the connected tissue between creator and created is loosened or dissolved, we begin to come apart. A few years ago, my dad was in China working with um, pastors and psychologists, and he decided one day that he would go for a run. Um, He thought, well, I'll just kind of watch where I go and figure out how to get back. Um, And as he ran away from his hotel, about 30 minutes, he decided it was a good time to turn around and start heading back, when he realized he didn't recognize a single thing. It's in a foreign country, there's no mountainous landscape, um, no high-rises that looked familiar, no buildings that looked familiar. And he realized pretty quickly he was completely lost. He didn't know how to get back. Now as a tall, Caucasian man in running gear, um, he was noticeable. and. There were lots of friendly people around who smiled and waved at him. But nobody could understand the dilemma that was actually growing um, in in his situation. He didn't know the language, he didn't speak Mandarin or anything close to Mandarin. And as the sun began to set and he wandered, he realized it was going to become a pretty dire situation pretty quickly. He was in a foreign country, a foreign land, couldn't speak the language far away from anything that was familiar. Now, I will tell you that after a period of time, which seemed like forever, uh, my dad realized he did have a small hotel key. (laughs) And when he pulled it out, it happened to have the name of the hotel on it, which was the key to getting help. But there was a stretch of time where he felt completely lost. Now, on this end of things, when our family heard about this, we told him he could never go to China again. (laughs) However, the very next year, of course, he was on the plane back to China. We all have our own stories of getting lost. But in the story of the prodigal, we see that the further the son travels away from the father, the greater the losses. By the time Jesus gets to the end of this part of the story, the losses are immense. They're catastrophic. The son himself is lost. The inheritance is gone his identity is gone his relationships are broken the family integrity and dignity are dissolved his faith who knows his community vanished any basic needs that he has are not able to be filled everything is lost it's not just the son Lots of things have been broken. There's no way at this point that he can reclaim or restore or fix all that's been lost. He's beyond hope. And perhaps at this point, that is the point. Hope is lost. Is it perhaps best for the father to simply cut his losses, let him go, and let the son slip into permanent separation from him? So as our passage ends today, we don't know, okay, we don't know how the Father will respond. Pretend we don't know how the Father will respond. But we simply notice two things about the Father. One, He allows the Son to go. He says yes to this outrageous request. And in the second, secondly, in the Father's silence, we find a key. He does not disinherit the Son, or wash His hands clean, good riddance. We notice that the way to the Father, back to the Father, is not closed off. The Father leaves the door open, perhaps for a return. Now, I found this explanation from Kenneth Bailey illuminating. Um, Henry Nowen writes about this in his book. The return of the prodigal, and you may know the story that Kenneth Bailey, over a 15-year period of traveling in uh, Morocco, India, and Turkey, would ask different um, villagers and people this question about asking for an inheritance, and you know, is that? Tell me about this request that the son makes, and and the conversation runs as follows, pretty much every time. Has anyone ever made such a request in your village? Never. Could anyone ever make such a request? Impossible. If anyone ever did, what would happen? His father would beat him, of course. Why? The request means he wants his father to die. So what kind of father is this? What kind of father is a father who gives the son what he asks for? this particular thing that he asks for, and allows him to go. Henry Nouwen's response to the father's yes is simply this. And here's where we end today. Nouwen writes, here the mystery of my life is unveiled. I am loved so much that I am left free to leave home. The blessing is there from the beginning, but I have left it and I keep on leaving it." As you sit here today, as we sit here together and worship, have you left the Father's blessing? Have you traveled away from the abundance of God and the abundance that He offers you? How far have you traveled? Do you know where you are? in relation to, the, and to, to God today. The life and blessing of God is for you, it's for me, it's for each of us. We are deeply loved by God, we are His beloved. But no matter how far you have wandered, the way back is not closed to you. No matter the distance between you and the Father, the door stands wide open. It's good news, actually it's great news, not just for us, but for all people. Thanks be to God who gives us an open road back to the Father's house. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, as we sit together in this place, reading your word, listening to this story, God, we all have our own stories to share. Would you help us to see this morning where we are? Where is our journey taking us? Are we fleeing you, Lord? Are we resisting you, your work in our lives? God, would you help us to see your heart today, your heart for us, when we are lost, your heart for a lost world. God, wherever we are this morning, would you call us back? Would you show us the way to you? Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.